Welcome back, baseball fans, to episode 38 of Rounding Third, the baseball podcast. We have some exciting storylines today. We're going to kick it off with a little bit of Preacher Reach, fun little uh, segment we got going. Obviously, the player watch, which is a staple. We're going to preview Sunday Night Baseball, give you our lock of the week, and a couple fun little quick news stories. Without further ado, roll the intro. Today, Today. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome back. Another episode. We got some fun things to get into, some exciting stuff. How are you feeling about the season right now? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, it's still great to have baseball. Cardinals have been doing okay. Split a series with Toronto. Goldie walk-off was amazing. Walk-off Grand Slam. But I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, how are you? I mean, can't complain. You know, Dodgers have been hot. Baseball's excited. I just love having baseball back, and I don't know what it was, but this week there were some matchups I loved. Uh, the Battle of Florida, I've been keeping up with that. Marlins Rays, that's been pretty fun. The Sox were battling, White Sox, Red Sox. I love the Sox battle. Yeah. Definitely some funny. I've struggled a lot this week of trying to figure out what game. I normally have two screens going, but it's I can't pick just two games. So a lot of great baseball this week. Yeah, the Dodgers, they, uh, they crossed the – 100 run differential mark they're at like plus 103 or something like that it's pretty insane i mean i'd say i should have done a preacher reach related to that because they're probably gonna have a plus 200 run differential i mean right now they have the uh lowest era and the highest ops so that is pretty good when it comes to winning baseball games yeah, they've looked, they dropped that one of the Nationals, that kind of weird 1-0 game. But but I've kind of been in the same boat. I try to watch the Cardinals every night, but, you know, multi-screening, I've jumped between a few. I've been watching the Mariners' A's because I feel like the Mariners are just like, I, I want them to be good, but they suck so bad. They're last place in the AL West. Um, yeah, the, the Battle of the Stocks has been good, too. I'm glad you brought that up just because it's not worth like exhaustively talking about since we just dove into the Mariners last episode. But we said they needed to win this series in Oakland. Uh, instead, they are dropping games. And now Oakland, who fire sailed, had a fire sale for their entire roster except Jed Lowry, is now ahead of the Mariners who went out and got a Cy Young pitcher and two very good bats. Well, Jesse Winker, really good. Eugenio Suarez can hit the ball. But... I mean, it, I don't even know what to say. I cannot believe that Oakland's ahead of them. Seattle, disappointment. Yeah, they're starting to see a lot of the Astros. So, yeah. we'll see. GG. We'll see. Lots of GG. good stuff, though. Broom season. That's a broom season. Uh, with that, I suggest, Max, let's just jump right into the preach or reach uh, for any new listeners out there in this segment. Max and I will give each other a take, and then we will rate each other's take by saying either – Preach, you know, I believe with that. I like where you're headed. That's a good take. Or reach, your head's in the clouds. You have no clue about baseball. There's no in-between. Although last episode, or last time we did this segment, I should say, you did convince me to switch on opposite side. I think you brought me from a, a reach to a preach. So excited to see what you have in store. Yeah, how about I'll give you mine first. And I will, I just want to clarify. Some of these, and this isn't entirely true, some of these I'm not necessarily fully on board with. I don't necessarily believe that this is a true statement, but I think it's a debatable topic that I'd like to get your opinion on. Um, well, I'm honest, me, Abe. I believe everything I say. Let me kick this off. Sending it to, to you for the first one. My first preacher reach statement. Aaron Judge will hit 60 home runs. And this will be, if so if he were to do it, It'd be the ninth time in MLB history it would happen. He'd be the sixth player to do it, joining Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, Babe Ruth, um, Roger Maris. 
some players like that. I might have missed one or two, but it'd be the ninth time in history to be the sixth player to do it. He's currently at 17 home runs coming into today, which would put him on pace for 62 and a half home runs. Does he do it? Am I preaching or reaching? I really want to say reach. I really want to say, look, like the season's going to go. He's going to come back to earth because he has five more home runs than the the rest of the guys tied at second. Just playing yeah. ridiculous. I have to give it a preach. I mean, he has shown no signs of slowing down. A lot of players get to their contract year for free agency and just fall off the face of the earth. Too much pressure. Aaron Judge looks like he's going to make the Yankees look like fools because they were trying to negotiate. He didn't deserve that $100 million. They're going to have to offer him another $160 million. I mean, he looks incredible. I think he does it. I'm, I, don't, I don't even think it's short porch. I mean, most of his homers are legit. I know majority of them are, like, out in 16 or 30 parks. He's just beating the shit out of the baseball, and I have no better way to say it. It's a preach. I think he does it. It'd be a cool milestone. Also, of the six players that did it, you would be, like, outside of Babe Ruth, maybe one or two that actually wasn't using steroids. So that would right. be cool. Yeah, I, I think it'll be tight. You know, he's got to keep up his pace, which, like you said, he's five ahead of everybody else. So, clearly, he's on an incredible pace. But even at this pace, he's only at 62 and a half um, would be his projected based on his current rate. So, you know, he doesn't have a lot of room for error. He's got to stay healthy, and he's just got to keep up the pace. So it's obviously tough. You know, the last guys you, who did it, McGuire, Sosa, those guys were totally roided up. So it's going to be tough. Incredible, but be really incredible tough. summer. That was an and incredible it's summer. Like, it's just like Aaron Judge coming into the season. The Yankees offered him a contract that would make him the highest single-season earner in the history of the New York Yankees. He said no, and – He's betting on himself this season, thinking he can get more. And, I mean, he the bet on himself is definitely paying off thus far. I think it'll be interesting to keep our eye on. If he keeps his pace, he's getting $550 million if he does a career deal. I mean, no question. Like, he's unreal. Uh, totally agree. With, with that being said, I got one to throw back to you that's also in the home run camp. A uh, little bit of a homer pick had to bring up the recognition. A guy who, when he was in the American League, was clobbering the baseball, had a lot of power, hasn't had a ton of power since making the move. And that is my man, Marcus Lynn Betts. I believe that Mookie Betts will finish top three in the National League in home runs at the end of the season. For context, he is tied for the NL lead right now with 12 home runs. That also pits him at tied second in MLB behind only Aaron Judge. He's tied with... Uh, C.J. Cron, and uh, there's another American League hitter. I can't think of who's that. Uh, Jordan Alvarez. So, Mike Trout, too. In Mike Trout. Yeah, I know it's a big uh, tie at second there. But I'm talking just National League. Okay, so National League, yeah, you have C.J. Cron, Mookie Betts, and then Jock Peterson, who we'll talk about later, is at 11 behind him. And then there are some other guys at 11. So, right now it's Cron and Betts at 12. I mean, look, I think you're preaching – if you, if you look at this guy's, at least like the past couple of weeks, he's hit like basically a homer a game. You know, this was a guy who for the first couple of weeks he had zero home runs, and now he's tied for the NL lead. So I think Mookie's back. Um, I think, you know, we kind of forget Mookie Betts, 2018 for the Red Sox. He was the MVP. He was unbelievable. Best player in baseball. Through- he goes to the Dodgers and is, has been playing well. He's been playing well, no doubt, but he, I don't think he's quite reached that MVP level. But past week, past week and a half, he's definitely been at that level. And if he keeps it up, there's no question he'll be up there. Um, so, yeah, I think you're preaching. I think he, I think he's got a good chance. The, most of the home run hitters, it seems, so far this year are in the American League, which is interesting. Yeah, you know, it's been an awesome resurgence because, as I said, Mookie Betts hasn't really been a power hitter with the Dodgers. And he's not necessarily a power hitter. He's a five-tool player, but he looks incredible. I mean, over the last 15 game span, he has a 1.2 OPS. He's playing MVP baseball right now. I love it. I'm juiced about it. Hit me with your best one. Let's go. How about this? This is a little bit interesting. Um, So I'm going to say – a Dodgers 
versus Yankees World Series would be the best thing that could happen in baseball right now. And for a little bit of context, like I was looking at some of the viewership numbers for World Series. If you look at the most watched World Series, they're all in like the 80s or the 70s or in the 60s. And all the, the you know, least viewed ones have been more recent, like 2020, that Rays Dodgers won. That the game three of that series has the least watched World Series game of all time. A lot of recent World Series games and just series in general haven't lived up to it. I think if it was Dodgers versus Yankees, I don't want to say it would like save baseball because I don't think it needs saving, but it would be the best thing that could happen for baseball with those two fan bases. I, I think it's true. I don't want to support it because personally, to me, I will not be able to die a happy man until I see Los Angeles beat Houston or World Series. But the way you <laughs> framed it, you're going to get the best viewership. The Yankees are incredible to watch. Like They're a great baseball team to watch. The Dodgers have it. I agree with you. I think it could get the fall classic back in its position as the fall classic. I think it could get some major eyes there. And, you know, hopefully spark some fans to hop on next season in 23. So I like the take. I mean, I don't think it's a shocking take. It's the number right. one and number two biggest city in America. But I think it's very true. And that would be electric because, you know, New York, L.A., that, that's a very much a culture battle anyways. So getting the baseball side of that and, of course, big spenders, it would be exciting. Yeah, just think about, like, the star power that would be on display. Mookie, Freddie, Walker Bueller, Garrett Cole, Rizzo, Stanton, Judge, like – like it just goes on and on and on about all the star players that would be in it. I think with those two fan bases, it would just it would be really special for baseball. I think the they they have Cole the two best see. odds. Both of those teams have the two best odds to win the World Series right now. I think they're both the front runners. I mean, I think easily yeah. right yeah. now. If you tell me who who ends, it's it's there. You know, maybe with the Mets. I would say as much as I want the Dodgers there, maybe Mets Yankees. That would be so sick to watch. But I, think, I still don't I think, think that's it's as big. One, yeah. But it's not as big, I don't think, because you don't get that West Coast market. Yeah, I like the coast-to-coast -coast battle. I'm going to, in spirit, since we've done it, and I didn't know we were going to be so Yankees heavy here in the Preacher Reach, but <laughs> I'm going to drop down. I got another Yankees-centric comment. This is one I'm really excited about. Interesting to see how you say I roll this Chapman right now on the 15-day injured list with an Achilles acting up on him. It's getting weird. I don't know if you've been paying attention. Clay Holmes has been closing in his yeah. place, and he has been incredible. Zero earned runs as a closer so far. .56 whip. I mean, he just looks incredible. My take is that when Chapman comes back, because Chapman also had a little bit of a rough season so far. He's got a mm -hmm. 3.86 ERA. He's got two losses. He's blown a couple saves, got a couple, you know, should have been save opportunities and got holds. I think that Clay Holmes stays the Yankees closer and they move Chapman to a setup type role. Okay. I see the last thing you said, I think might throw me off. Um, I agree. I, th I think Clay Holmes, if he keeps this up, I think he has like a 22, 23 game scoreless inning streak or something crazy like that. Um, and Chapman, like you said, I think he got booed off the field last time he was in the Yankee Stadium after a blown save or something like that. Um, Chapman's 34 years old. Um, he's he's had his struggles as of late. But the thing is, if if you're the Yankees and Clay Holmes is going crazy and if he keeps it up, then you absolutely need to keep him in. Now, the question of whether Chapman could, could be a setup guy I guess he could. I don't know. With his stuff, I've I've always felt like that he is a closer. Like he comes in in the ninth and get the jobs done. That's his role. Having him as a setup guy is interesting because I I don't know. I don't know how many innings he could take. But I I think right now, yes, when Aroldis Chapman comes back, if Clay Holmes is still rolling, they'll keep Clay Holmes as the closer. Uh, maybe they'll go back and forth. You know, I'm sure Chapman will get his appearances, but I, I think you're preaching with that. I definitely do. And the only reason I go set up is because I don't think Chapman can really be a middle reliever or a long reliever. I don't think he can go multiple innings. So I see him similar to how the Dodgers use Blake Trinan, just come in there in the eighth, keep it close so we can get the real closer going. It'll be interesting to watch, though. 
Let me give you my last one. This is one I kind of like here. And this is one, I kind of believe it, but I'm not sure. The Atlanta Braves will be the 12th team since 2000 to win the World Series and then miss the subsequent playoffs. It last happened when the Nationals won in 2019. They missed the expanded 2020 playoffs. Um, And then the Red Sox in 2018, they won the World Series. They missed the 2019 playoffs. It's happened multiple times when the Dodgers, I mean, excuse me, the Giants won, um, you know, those three World Series in five years. Those off years, they missed the playoffs, which is funny enough. But for the 12th time since 2000, I'm saying the Atlanta Braves will miss the playoffs after winning the World Series. Preach your reach. I'm going preach. I had to think about it for a second. I, I think no question the Mets take home the division. I don't I'm not even willing to hear another opinion on that at this matter. I'm not sure that there's really any other movement I trust in the NL East. I'm not sure I trust the Phillies because some games they're fire, some games they're atrocious. But I think that between the NL West and some sneaky central action, I don't think the Braves are gonna get it done. They don't have the excuses. They're healthy, they have Acuna back, and they're just not winning games at an efficient clip. They're still winning, you know, they're not completely falling off the radars, they're not Mariners, but I don't think they're going to get the wins. I mean, when they won the World Series last year, they still kind of snuck into the playoffs. I mean, they weren't a 90-win team. I don't think they do it. I think they completely swing and miss, and I think they find out that Freddie Freeman, uh, why Matt Olson is a decent bat, good replacement. The stats, by the way. If you haven't tracked it, Matt Olson is not producing as well as Freddie this year. Uh, he was early on, but not anymore. I think Freddie's a culture guy. He's a locker room guy, and I think Atlanta, this team's going to miss him a little bit. Yeah, and for some context, the Braves right now 21-23. and 23. Um, They're seven and a half games behind the Mets for first place. But in the wild card race, right now the three, remember, there are three wild card spots this year. Right now, they're taken by the Padres, Cardinals, and Giants. So I think we've said all along we expect one of the either the Brewers or Cardinals to take one of those spots. Um, and right now, you know, the Padres are looking incredible. They look like, you know, if, if assuming the Dodgers win the division, let's say the Padres get a spot. They will. There's one spot left. San Francisco's been slumping as of late, right? They're four and six in their last ten. And right outside of the wild card spot is the Diamondbacks, who are two games back. I think we can just say safely that they'll probably slip. And behind them is the Braves. They're three and a half games out of the third wild card spot. So they're not that far behind. And they haven't been playing great, you know, yet. So maybe they'll get it going and sneak in there. But you're going to have to count on presumably the Giants to fall out of that spot. Yeah, and I think that's really what the take was about to me. They're not going to win their division, and I don't think they're going to keep up in the wild card long season. We'll see. They kind of rallied in the back half last year. I mean, they're still an incredible roster, but I don't think they get in. Yeah, and I think if you just look down the list, like the other teams that you could say reasonably have a chance are, the say, the Phillies, who are four and a half games out of the wild card spot. And then after that, it's like Rockies – Marlins, Pirates, Cubs, Nationals, Reds, like none of those teams are really playoff teams. So it's going to be a battle of those kind of up those those teams we mentioned, Padres, Cardinals, uh, Braves, Giants, Phillies, D-backs, I guess as of now, but I'm not counting them. I haven't closed my hope on the Marlins making a sneaky little swim. I know they're outside the picture, but I think this team is a little bit better than they're getting credit for. Um, with that being said, keeping it in Florida, I'm going to move to my last preacher each segment. Also a relief pitcher type question. Mm. Looks like this trade, a trade I was not very high on, but looks like it's working out. JP Verizon for the Rays has been incredible. His stat line right now, he's 3-0, and 18 games pitched. He has a Z, he has not had a single earned run against them all year. 23 strikeouts, 21 innings pitched with a .43 whip. I did see an article that described him as the ace of the bullpen. I hate that. It's the stupidest verbiage I've ever seen. Your ace starts a <laughs> like game. An 
Yeah, it's just like what like what is this? He's just your best relief pitcher. Like it's fine to be a relief, but like don't but whatever. All that to be said, my take is that JP gets to thirty innings pitched before allowing an earned run. He needs nine more, nine more innings, scoreless innings. <laughs> that is such a weird one to choose. I feel like that's so random. Um I mean, I guess like you're so he is okay. So he's twenty one innings pitched, no earned runs, he's gotta get a thirty. I'm looking at yes. some of his numbers right now, a point four two nine whip, which means he allows less than half a base runner an inning, less than one base runner every two innings. Um also averaging a K per inning, I think. Am I wait, am I reading this wrong? Uh more than a he, K per inning. Twenty three. He gives up two hits per nine innings. So let's just look at that, right? He's got nine more innings to pitch. If he's following the same trajectory, he's going to give up two hits in those nine innings. Um, And he also averages 1.7 walks per nine. So let's say he walks two guys. So that's four base runners. Um, Maybe we'll throw in a fifth one because of some error. And he can't give up a run. An earned run. Yeah, an earned run. That's fair. I mean, sure. I'll say you're preaching. I'll root for it. Don't want to count the guy out. He's had an amazing start to the season. And this is a guy, like, looking back at his numbers at the Rays last year, um, I know he was on the Brewers for part of the season last year. Um, but he had, a, he had a 2.73 ERA, 56 innings pitched, uh, a whip at 1.2. I mean, decent numbers last year. I, I think he does it. I say you're preaching. I like it. it. It was a bizarre one. I had to go into the bag, but I think he's one of six pitchers that is qualified over 10 innings without an earned run. So, you know, I'm big on it. And he was part of that Willie Adamas trade. That's the trade I'm talking about. I was skeptical on it. Really, both sides have made out on that. Tampa got, I can't remember, they got a starting pitcher in that too who's playing really well right now. Um, but Willie Adamas has been incredible for the Brewers. So, seems like, you know, and the Brewers, they didn't need more pitching. They needed more offense. So, Love that trade. I like the pick. Let's get it done, John Paul. That's JP, by the way. Yeah, All right. Good stuff. I, I'm pretty sure Reach is one of my favorite segments. I like, I like doing that. I hope the viewers like it as well. Um, but James, I mean, why don't you get to jump into these storylines? Yeah, let's jump. Let, let's cover the news, and then we'll get into our staples. I think these are some quick hitters. Um, you know, it. It hasn't been too long since our last episode. There's been some great walk-offs, but in terms of news, not too much. But I think this is some big news. Steven Strasburg, um, you know, notoriously uh, injured player. He's he's kind of one of those guys where he's, when he can play, he's exceptional. Absolute ace. But he struggles a lot from injury. You know, after that 29 World, 2019 World Series that he won with the Washington Nationals, where he won World Series MVP. The Nationals signed him to a seven-year, $245 million contract, and he has made seven starts for the team since then. He hasn't played this year. I I don't know how much he played last year, but the news is he made his first rehab start in a Class A game, super low um, in the minors. And it did not go well at all. He gave up three runs in two and two-thirds innings pitched, had three strikeouts, four walks, and pitched 61 pitches, only topping out at 94 miles an hour. And once again, this is in, not in AAA. This is Class A start. It's just tough. I mean, I don't know the specifics of his you know, his injury, but I imagine if he's out there throwing pitches, Davey Martinez said they wanted him to throw like 60 pitches through five innings, and he only made it through two and two-thirds and through 61. Not a great outing. I don't think you should, you know, draw super large conclusions from this, but it's not a great, it's not great news for a Nationals fan. Yeah, you know, two things for context on the stat line, when Jacob deGrom made a single-A um, actually, I think it was double A rehab start. He pitched two innings, scoreless, struck out. I think it was five of six, or no, I think it was three innings, seven of nine. I'm pretty sure that was the line. So it's just like 
these are not hitters that like they're not seeing the major leagues anytime soon. There's not super talented high prospects on there. You hope he can step it up. And to me, this is just sad. One of the cool things about Strasburg, he is the first pitcher drafted first overall to win a World Series uh, for the franchise that drafted in a first overall. Kind of a cool story there. As you said, huge part of that Nationals team. And this is a Nationals team that, I mean, they need all the help they can get. So having their best pitcher in their organization I'm not not even being able to get through three. And, of course, it's a rehab start. You know, you can't look into it too much. We'll see if he can – arm gets better. He can build up some strength. But you hate to see it. I just hope this isn't signaling the end of the career. And last thing I got to say about it is that's a average value of $35 million a year they're paying this guy. That's brutal. Yeah, I mean – and he's made seven starts – since then, and which is, you know, when you're paying a guy that much money, that is not what you're looking for. But we'll see what happens. I, I'd love to see Steven Strasburg back. You know, he, he had one of he had an historic debut when he made his MLB debut. Um, I think he how how many how many people did he strike out of that opening day? Uh, fourteen. I thought yeah, it was fourteen strikes. He, he went seven innings, four hits, no walks, fourteen Ks in his MLB debut. Um, but ever since then, it's just, he's had these spurts, you know, in 2019 in the playoffs where he was great. But other than that, he struggled to struggled to find his spot on the mound. You know, another thing, I just did the math real quick. So far on that new contract, they have paid him 15 million per start. Per start. There's no pitcher in the world that is worth 15 million per start. I would rather I pitch than the Dodgers pay Jake DeGrom 15 million per start. Terrible stuff for Washington, and they need the money, too. they, they got to get that money to Soto quick. Let's turn to two of the best teams in the National League right now. The New York Mets and the San Francisco Giants played what I think you just have to call the game of the year thus far. I mean, MLB Twitter was blowing up an incredible 13-12 to 12 win from the Giants. It was it definitely is game of the year. I am just so happy that I decided to flip that game on when I did. You know, it, it was an eight to two ball game with the Giants in the lead. The Mets come back, another comeback from this Mets team, which I don't know what they're drinking in that dugout or Buckshaw Walter, how they keep getting these insane comebacks. But they build up the comeback. It looks like okay, now the Mets are gonna run away with it. The Giants come back, they tie it, they go back and forth, it goes into extras, walk off. I mean, just an incredible game, star of the game, none other, Jocktober himself in May, Jock Peterson. Wow, what a game from Jock. Really? Yeah. And, yeah, um, to break this game down, Giants scored in the first, made it 1-0, Mets scored in the second, 1-1, goes to the third inning. Giants score two, make it three to one. In the fourth inning, Giants score three, make it six to one. In the fifth inning, Mets score one, Giants score two, makes it eight to two. So it's eight to two going into the seventh inning now. Mets score two, make it eight to four. In the eighth inning, the Mets put up seven runs. And the Giants in the bottom of the eighth then put up three to make it 11 to 11. And then in the ninth inning, Mets take the lead at 12-11. Giants walk it off to win 13-12. Giants had 19 hits. Mets had 18 hits. I mean, like you said, Jock Peterson has just been on an absolute tear. Hit three home runs. Uh, Lestel also hit a home run. Lindor hit a home run. I mean, if you just look at some of these stat lines, some people just had crazy things going on. I mean, obviously, Jock went four for six, three runs, eight RBIs. Uh, I mean, I mean, you could just pick somebody. Starling Marte, three for six. Francisco Lindor, two for four. Jeff McNeil, three for four. Eduardo Escobar, four for five. It was just, it was just an incredible game, an incredible comeback win. And I think this says a lot about the Mets and just – how, how good they are. And especially the day after this, they were getting blown out again. And Jeff McDeal still made a sliding catch into the wall. This is just a team that I think they know how good they are. And I think they know 
that their offense can get going at any point, and they they're never out of a game. But this this was a real thriller. I this is a game that I would beg any any person that for the rest of this season tells me baseball is boring is getting sent the full game film from this. Yeah, I mean this was an incredible game to watch. It was electric as a fan who didn't have a dog in the fight. Just a great baseball game to watch. I'm I'm willing to market game of the year already whole season signed sealed stamp. Just an incredible game. Jock Peterson had the chance to hit a fourth. He came up in the ninth. He could have hit a walk-off fourth home run, which would have been mentally just crazy. But he actually got an RBI. His eighth RBI tied the game. So still like a, an incredible play after three home runs. They walk it off. Just what a, what a treat. What a treat for baseball fans. Yeah, and last thing I'll say, like this was a pretty marquee pitching matchup. It was Logan Webb versus Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett struggled, you know, eight of those um, 13 runs were on him. They were all earned runs. He went 4.1 innings pitched, eight earned runs, four Ks, three walks. Um, Logan Webb pitched great, five innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, six Ks, one walk. You know, I, I wouldn't say he pitched great, but he definitely pitched well. But seven of those earned runs um, came on Tyler Rogers, who came in in relief. So that was tough, but just all around great game. I like what you said about, you know, if anybody says baseball boring, providing them the game clip. If you haven't seen this, I definitely recommend watching MLB's, you know, they put out eight to nine minute videos on every game of the highlights. Definitely check the highlights from this game out. Just an awesome game. And Chuck's third home run straight in a McCovey Cove. I love when baseballs get hit in a McCovey Cove. (laughs) Totally. My all-time. All-time favorite Cove shot, though, is Max Muncie blasting it, and uh, Mad Bomb was yelling at him, and Max told him to go get the ball out of the fucking ocean. I, I will never forget that. One of my all-time favorite baseball moments. That's a classic. Muncie hits it, and Mad Bombs is like, fucking run. <laughs> and he's like, go get the ball. It's so funny. <laughs> just, just a top-tier chirp. Um, with that being said, you know, other interesting news we have, kind of your boy, Matt Carpenter signs with the Yankees announced today. Yeah. You know, this was kind of interesting. Matt Carpenter, obviously long time Cardinal played with the Cardinals since 2011. Um, He was a three-time all-star. He's in, uh, in 2013, even he was fourth in MVP voting. So this is a guy that has quite the career. To be honest, he's got 155 home runs. He's a career 262 hitter. Um, But today he signs with the New York Yankees, which he left the Cardinals in the offseason. I think we cut him because honestly, he has been extremely poor as of late. Uh, The past two years, 2021 and 2020, he's batted sub 190. Um, So just really hasn't been great. But. He decided he was going to go to the Texas Rangers because he's from Texas. He was playing in their AAA. He started slowly, um, but he requested his release last week after he had uh, recently, since April 17th, he's had six homers and an OPS of 1.173 and 68 plate appearances. He decided to request release from the Rangers. Yankees picked him up, signed him to a major league contract. So he is going to be playing on their major league roster. Um, A great lefty bat to have. You know, the question of what to expect from him, I don't know. He's he's up in age at this point in his career. He's 36 years old. Um, He's shown signs in the past of, uh, you know, in the past couple years of hitting home runs, of being able to get on base. And obviously in his past, He's done some great things. He's led the league in hits before, but I'm rooting for him. I, I Matt Carpenter's provided some, you know, storybook Cardinal moments, some against the Dodgers in the playoffs, just some really amazing moments. So I, I'm rooting for him. Definitely rooting for him. Happy to see him back in the majors. My big question is why? From the New York Yankees perspective, mm-hmm. you're rolling. You're the hottest team in baseball. You don't really need to help. I mean, I guess maybe it's they're trying to get Aaron Hicks out of the lineup, but, like, I just don't get it. I mean, I would not want to mess with the chemistry. You're scorching hot right now. It's like 
it's not broken. Don't touch it. And if someone else picks him up or signs him, like, I don't think it's that big of a loss. You know, like, it's not like, oh, he's going to go hit 350 for someone. The thing is, I don't think it'll mess with the chemistry. I I don't think it'll mess with the chemistry. I think think he's just a good lefty bat to have. I I think to change the question you asked of why, I would say why not? I mean, if they have an open roster spot and he's out there, like, at least he's somebody that's proven himself in the big leagues that he can be productive. He spent this whole time trying to re, you know, recreate his swing, which isn't something you necessarily want somebody to do, but he's put a lot of time into it and he's been performing in triple A's. Why not sign him? Give him a chance. If he's not great, you know, get rid of him. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not much to be lost there. And I do agree with his veteran presence. Not, you know, he's not going to be like a locker room cancer or anything. Um, just kind of surprised me. Was not expecting that. Um, but wish him all the best because I know that's your boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely wishing him all the best. Other news. We have one sad story this week, which beats the uh, our previous record or two episodes ago where basically the whole thing was sad. Uh, and that is the passing of famed actor Ray Liotta. He, you know, the reason it's on a baseball podcast, to me, his iconic role, the one I remember him for, was Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. Probably my favorite baseball movie, an incredible movie all around. So, you know, condolences to the family, just incredible role, incredible film, and just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, I, I think it's good to acknowledge. I mean, Field of Dreams is just one of the best movies of all time. I still think we need to have a petition to change the game away from Cubs-Reds this year. I mean, like, we had a, we had an amazing game for baseball last year. White Sox-Yankees, Tim Anderson walk-off home run. And this year we get Cubs-Reds. Like, who wants to watch that game? Let's just change it. Last year, it was game of the year. No question. Like, that was the game. Incredible game. And now they have literally scraped together two of the worst teams in baseball. And we're like, let's duke it out. I mean, it it just makes no sense. And I understand they said it before. But, like, the second the Reds fire-sailed their lineup, that should have been instantly, okay, you cannot be in that game. Like, you're almost encouraging tanking by giving them the biggest stage in baseball. It's just a joke when there's so many really good teams or so many – Fun teams like Boston, that'd be a great team to have there. I mean, almost anyone would be better out, else. <laughs> outside of like, I mean, they're what the athletics then it gets selected, the Nationals, the Tigers, and Royals. But like, that's your bottom feeder. I mean, it's like, why not just make it Tigers and Royals? Like, who cares about this game? Who cares? Yeah, honestly, like, like, <laughs> let's ask the Reds and Cubs. They should be like, yeah, let somebody else play. Like, Let's give, like, if we had another marquee matchup like that, it'd be amazing. And you know they juice the balls for those games. We saw it last year. I mean, there was, like, freaking 10 home runs in that game. And it was amazing. Let's get some, let's get, like, Blue Jays Nationals or, or not Nationals, Blue Jays Angels or, I don't know, Cardinals Dodgers I, or anything. Any reasonable I playoff mean, teams in there. Almost any match would be better. I love the idea of getting the Angels out there. I think, you know, Angels, there's so many. There, almost any matchup you could put together is going to be better than this. It's just brutal because we have to watch the game. It's an incredible production. Love that game. But just, I mean, this is this is a terrible, well, this is the biggest fumble for MLB this year outside of their weird baseball situation. But it's just like your most marketable game you put up there, like bottom five teams. Uh, now, I will say today, the Reds dropped a twenty piece on the Cubs. <laughs> so, so who knows what happens? It may be like a forty to thirty game in that. I mean, you got to assume Hunter Green's going to pitch, and that's the only like, but just terrible match. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Max. Yeah, but uh, yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Ray Liotta. Um, of course, sixty-seven years old, played a classic role in a classic movie that the MLB does a great job of honoring now. Um, well, did a great job of honoring it last year. And the idea of the game is cool, but the teams playing this year suck. But, James, let's move to the rounding third player watch, one of our staples, player that's hot, player that's not. Um, this Finding a not player was a little bit tough for me. I'm curious to see where you go with this. Let me give you your hot player. Give me your hot player. On my player watch list, I picked four players. We talked about three of them. 
I'm going to go with the one that we didn't talk about, and that's the Red Sox. They're on a little bit of a resurgence. Some would say they're back. I don't know. Everyone's talking about Trevor Story. He's been incredible. Another home run today. Just one of the hottest hitters in baseball. But I feel like it's gone under the radar how incredible J.D. Martinez has been in this mm, run. Nice. Over the last week, he's batting. This is He has a 650 batting average over the last week. Over his last 20 games, he leads the American League with a 366 batting average, a 1.134 OPS. I mean, he is he's not hitting for crazy power, but he's just old reliable. He gets to the plate, he's going to drop a single. I mean, it just and it, I'm not seeing it talked, but everyone's talking about Trevor Story. He's batting 650 batting average over his last week. I mean, just insane, insane stuff from JD. I like the pick. I also went, you know, a little out there. I think, you know, we could have had Trevor Story, Jock Peterson, all those guys have been super solid. And I think we've talked about them enough. But one guy who has been exceptional, who I don't think gets enough credit as of late, um, he's an incredible defender, but his defense doesn't get enough credit. He was the number one overall pick in 2015. That's Dansby Swanson. Um, in the past week, He's batting 480 with a 760 slugging percentage, a 1240 OPS. He's got two home runs, seven RBIs, and 25 plate appearances. He's gone 12 for 25. Um, and if you, if you extend it even further, last 15 days, he's batting 340. His OPS is right at one, 13 RBIs, four home runs. Um, he's just been playing really good recently, and I, th I think he would be a guy – Who's he's usually like the eight or nine hitter on this team. He was last year too. He's never really been that offensive guy. He's been just an incredible defensive shortstop. But if you can get this type of offensive production from him, that's amazing. You know, he, you're not even really expecting this level of offensive production in his career. He hasn't been nearly this good. Um, so I, I think he deserves a shout out for how he's been playing this year. So Dansby Swanson's my player of the week. And just for a little bit of note, if we look back at his batting average over the year, or how about his OPS over the year? It hasn't been bad, so we got to give him some credit. But 760, 800, 748, 699, 636. But this year, um, or like I said, in the past seven days, it's at 1.2. In the past 15 days, it's right at 1. I think he's getting that offensive production up, which is great to see. Yeah, that, I mean, if the Braves are going to make the playoffs – that could be a critical piece if they can find some offense that they weren't expecting. I love Dansby Swanson. Incredible defense. Yep. Great hair. I've loved SEC baseball guy. Loved him since Vanderbilt. But, you know, the offense has just never been there. So I hope this is something he can keep up. Obviously, a 1.2 OPS that's not going to stay with him. A 480 is not. But if he can bat 290 with a 8, 800, 840, I mean, that could be a huge push for the Braves. And they can maybe have him sit in that six hole. Mm -hmm. definitely who's your who's your negative player of the week now see it's interesting you said you struggled to find negative players i've got a treasure chest of them all pitchers i knew i wanted to highlight a pitcher i went pitcher and this is a guy who started out scorching hot had a team way overperforming. everyone started to become a little bit of a household name in the baseball community that's zach gallon i mean he started incredible Incredible sub one ERA for like the first five weeks of the season. And in his last seven days, he has a 6'10 ERA with a 1.3 whip. I don't think it's fair to get a pitcher on just seven days for the 15 day context. That's a 4.41 ERA and a 1.04 whip. And look, that's not like terrible stats. It's not great. It's not the worst Reds comparatively. I mean, he had the Diamondbacks going places. He was borderline unhittable for a full month, and I was like, oh, wow, they have a bona fide ace. He now is looking more like a very solid third option in a rotation. So just had to kind of call that out because he was, for a while, sneaky like NL Cy Young pick. Not anymore. I like it. I You know, maybe I could have looked at pitchers. I actually was looking at one – pitcher that I almost shouted out and he was actually a reliever on the same team which is Mark Melanson who's been struggling as of late for the D-backs but I actually went with a guy who's been struggling for most of the season 
Um, he's on the Toronto Blue Jays. He's missed some time. He's only played 21 games, but it's got to be Teosco Hernandez. Um, he has so he's been the silver slugger for t- in 2021 and 2020 in his position in the outfield. He's been in the top 20 in MVP voting the past two years. Last year, he had 32 home runs, 116 RBIs, and had an OPS at 870. The year before, his OPS was at 919. This year, he's batting 152 with an OPS. His OPS is at 465, which is just horrid, horrid. His on-base percentage is 212. He only has two home runs, eight RBIs. 12 hits in 79 at-bats. Not a great start for him. Um, You know, you can't really expect all of these guys on the Blue Jays to perform all the time. But he's a guy who was an all-star last year for them. They expected him to, you know, fill one of those outfield roles with his excellent hitting. And he hasn't been doing it that much this year. Like I said, he's missed some time. He's only played about half their games. But from what we have seen, it hasn't been great. And, you know, part of that could be injury, but again, I think what's so shocking about it is that he was like very consistent, like a very solid hitter. This wasn't like, it's not the Bellinger where he's up one year, he's down one year. No, it's just a solid, very good hitter. And that was one of the things that you're counting on with the Blue Jays. Those guys stay solid. You get some sneaky production. You know, he's a big part of this team. And maybe as he gets more bats, he'll be able to see the ball a little better. You hope he picks that up. And actually, I thought you were going to a different uh, Blue Jays player there because there are a couple Blue Jays that are struggling at the dish right now. Uh, and I'm referring to – I almost to, picked Vlad. I almost picked yeah, Vlad. That's who I'm talking about. I mean, he has but been – he's is, not at the like, MVP level. He's definitely not at the MVP level. And, and I think, you know, he hasn't been hitting home runs at the pace he has in the past. Um, but – I, I just felt when I looked at his numbers, I was like, he's, he's still performing well. I mean, the dude's batting 263. His OPS is, is over eight. He's, um, he's, he's hit eight home runs too. But I just felt like, like those would be pretty good numbers for anybody else, that there are definitely worse performing players right now. So, Other honorable mention, Robbie Ray absolutely sucks. Just a clown fest. Uh, it looks like Seattle got fleeced on that contract. Six ERA over the last fifteen. I did want. I almost. I almost did gave another homer pick. Not Goldie, even though Goldie always deserves it the way he's playing now. He just hit a solo shot. Um, but our our new closer Ryan Helsley, he has a whip at uh, his whip is at point three one nine. He's given up no homers. He's only given up two hits on the year in uh, thirteen games played. Uh, but. I couldn't do it. And he was a guy that I did not really like last year. D- didn't feel like he could find the zone, but just wanted to give him a shout out. Well, there you go. I uh, love how the opinions can change there. You know, with the player watched on the other staple, it's lock of the week. And, you know, I was hoping that we were going to have a nice little dual win. I, I hit my bet. I was happy about it. I bet the Nestor Cortez Dallas Keuchel It was rained out on Friday. They played the game on Saturday. I had the run line at minus one and a half. Yankees win by two. Textbook, easy cash. Love that bet. Loved it the whole way. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, are you one win up on me now? That's your second win. I'm still at one. Is that right? I am one win up on you. Yeah. So I I took another L. Um, Matthew Libertor. Gave his first MLB start. He didn't do that bad. Um, I was fortunate to be at this game in Pittsburgh because I had to see it. I took the over four and a half Ks. I I would need to check, but I think he ended at three or four, just under. Um, He had a decent start, uh, but gave up some runs. Cardinals got the win in his start. He didn't get the win, but I lost the bet again, unfortunately. I'm going to need something here. I'm going to try to pick an easy one. But the, the one thing I have to just dig on you for is right when you made the pick, the first thing I said to you is, okay, but well, what's his uh, Ks per nine look like in the minors? And you're like, ah, I'm not really sure. So, I mean, <laughs> you were taking a flyer. You were feeling for your guys. Uh, but, you know, it just wasn't backed up by data. And, you know, I went easy. Dallas Keiko was an excuse machine. 
I pretty much bet Dallas Keuchel easy way to win. Bet against Dallas Keuchel. Do not bet Dallas Keuchel starts. What do you have this year? What do you have uh, this week? How are you going to try to get another win under your belt? Uh, I'm going to – I think this could be bad, especially if you lose. This could get real bad because I would start to really take a lead here. And this is a homer bet for you. I think the proofs in the pudding, the science just makes so much sense. I'm going heavy on the Cardinals minus one and a half run line at home Sunday versus the Brewers. The Cardinals on Sunday is the gift that keeps on giving. They're nice. blowing teams out, double digits. I don't know who's going to close this game, but they're going to be a position player. I, t- I feel like to not bet this game and especially the run line in Bush on Sunday. The Cardinals on Sunday are the best team in the history of baseball so far this season. I have to just follow the numbers, have to follow the proof. I, I don't know if I felt more confident about a bet all season. Uh, the Brewers pitcher is not announced. Uh, Mikolas is on the mound. Michaelis, um, but yeah. Michaelis, Michaelis on the mound. He's our he's been, Yeah, that's, I mean, he, you got you got great pitching. The, the Cardinals bats on Sundays are terrifying. Albert may get one, may get two. I think he at least gets one. I love this bet, Max. And uh, I'm sorry that I may have to take a lead on you with your own team. Hey, I, I'll be rooting for you to win that bet, obviously. I've got something a little bit interesting. This game is going to be played on Friday, May 27th. Um, it's just it's just kind of a run line I really like. I'm going to stop trying to be fancy, and I feel like I say that every week. But a series that I'm really interested in, Blue Jays-Angels in L.A. I like the Blue Jays minus in- one and a half. It's in Anaheim. The game's in Anaheim. <laughs> Not LA. Um, I like Blue Jays minus one and a half at plus 150. With The Blue Jays have Alec Manoa pitching, who's been great. And the Angels have Chase Silseth, who I am unfamiliar with. And so... You know, I feel like plus 150 odds for the Blue Jays to win by over a run. I I think it's solid value there. I I like Alec Manoa, and I I think the Blue Jays offense will get going against this Angels pitcher. So that's what I'm going with. You know, hopefully we can can get one back here. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for a team win. I love when we both win. That, uh, That first, getting the first win together was an incredible feeling. I like the bet because I like the value of it. Um, I think the Jays can do it. Now, the Angels are scorching hot. It's a tough offense to bet against day in, day out. But, you know, I, I like to bet. And, again, that would be a freaking incredible Field of Dreams matchup. I'll pay money. I'd pay 100 bucks right now to switch this terrible oh, really? NL Central shit show to this. I mean, that's terrible. Let's ride, Max. You know, I don't feel as confident in your bet as mine. But mine's in the pudding. But I like the bet. I do like the bet. I think this is a good time for a double ride, a good, uh, good faithful trust from the listener. Let's back up the Brinks trucks. Let's cash some bets. Let's make let's money. Do let's do it. Let's do it. Um, let's finish it off. Sunday night baseball preview. This is the second time that this matchup has happened on Sunday night baseball this year. It's an NL East matchup. I think this is the third time the Phillies have been on uh, Sunday Night Baseball. And I will say, for some reason, Sunday Night Baseball loves the NL East. Like, I, f- I feel like they're doing whatever they can to get the Mets, Phillies, or Braves on there. It's kind of ridiculous. But Phillies versus the Mets. Kyle Gibson pitching for the Phillies, who's been decent this year. Mets pitcher is currently undecided. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Obviously, they don't have Scherzer DeGrom active. Could be Bassett, which wouldn't be bad. But in game one of their um, their their first time on Sunday Night Baseball this year, Mets started Max Scherzer. They won 10-6 to six in a pretty solid game. It was the second, if, if James, you remember, it was uh, right before that Brewers-Phillies played, and you talked about how you never wanted to see the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball. They were back the next week. I stand by. Stand by that. Both these teams back again. Um, I mean, James, what are you expecting? What do you want to see? This game's actually on ESPN 2 this week. I don't know yeah. why, but probably something Real else. Real quick, 
before I even get into that, they've already been on Sunday Night Baseball twice. This will be their third appearance, and they're scheduled for July 3rd. I don't know what's going on with this Philadelphia team getting national exposure. They're they're not a bad team. I'm excited they're there. But I'm like, I'm not sure we need the Phillies every other Sunday in my face. There's too many defensive airs for me to have to watch this every other Sunday. I mean, the defense is sloppy. Now, the offense can be exciting, or they're going to give you a dud-zero burger game like we witnessed before. But this is a matchup I like. This is a matchup I'm excited about, primarily for the Mets. I mean, the Mets are a joy to watch. They're a treat to baseball. They just, they're never behind. They are a true 27-out franchise. They're down six with 26 outs. They can still win. They can always win. I love watching this Mets team. They are so fun to watch. And the Phil, it's going to be good. I like the divisional matchup, you know, and the Phillies have the potential to have some electric offense. I think this could be a great game, but I'm here for the Mets. I'm really getting fed up with the Phillies being on here. I'm not even a Phillies hater. I don't care. It's just like, why do we have this, like, slightly above average team on the primetime game every other week? Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. You know, I, I think these teams have star power, right? I mean, the Phillies have Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper. They've got some good guys playing. Segura's been playing good. JT, Ry Hoskins. But in the Mets, obviously, too, are one of the best teams in baseball. They're always fun to watch. But it does just seem like, regardless of whether one of these teams maybe would appear again, let's not have the same matchup. Like, why do, Why can we pick another game? Like, we've already seen Phillies-Mets on Sunday Night Baseball. Just pick their – there are, like, 13 other games. Just pick another one from that day. Well, I don't and know. again, part of that series, Toronto-Angels, you're telling me that would not be incredible primetime baseball? I mean, that's must-watch. Like, that's – you can't miss a pitch of that game. Uh, it's just – it's almost recycled content. I get it. It's a divisional matchup. But, uh, you know – I don't know. It's just it's stale. It's stale to me a bit. It's going to be a good game. Excited to watch it. I love Sunday Night Baseball. Just the right – I use it as the end of my week and the start of my week. But, I, like, why are we reusing – I have to wonder so much with the MLB. You have this production of K-Rod is not calling games in the Bronx. You have two of the worst teams in baseball <laughs> playing your marquee game. You continue to rely on Phillies, Mets, and Sunday Night Baseball. The baseballs are dead flat. They're garbage. They're wet towels. I mean, it's like, are they trying to market this game? Like, in all reality, are they trying to market the game? Or are they not trying? Like, are they actively trying to hemorrhage viewers? Like, it's not that bad of a game. It's just like, it's stale. What, like, what are we doing here? Someone at MLB, wake up. You have Toronto versus Los Angeles, two of the most electric teams. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Two of the most electric teams in baseball playing. And you're giving me the Mets, they're electric. It's just stale. I don't know. I would rather, I, yeah, I don't I know not they're not playing, like, but. It's not even that it's a bad matchup. Like, I like the matchup. It's a game I would like to watch. But we've already seen it. Like, Sunday Night Baseball is the one time a week where there is one game on and no other games on. Everybody in the baseball world is watching the primetime Sunday Night Baseball game. We don't want, like, the sequel to this. Like, let's get something else. Blue Jays' Angels would be incredible. Why wouldn't they want Otani and Trout and Vlad and Bo Bichette? Like, some of the biggest names in all of baseball. Why wouldn't they want to have them going? Um, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't make sense. And you also have Barrios versus Sandoval in that series. I mean, even, even Houston-Seattle wouldn't be that bad. I mean, I New York-Tampa... Cardinals, Brewers, there are some other good other matchups. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I would love to watch Cardinals, Brewers. Like, that, that is an incredible Sunday night game. Again, I have to bet on Sunday. Would have loved that to have been Sunday night baseball. Would have, I would have taken it like double time, would have doubled the, the bet on that. It just, it's confusing. I will say there's going to be another rematch of Sunday night baseball, and that's Red Sox, Yankees. In my opinion, that is the only rematch that makes sense to do. Because it's such a storied lineup. And it's just, why, we didn't need the sequel. The first matchup wasn't that good. Like, we don't need the trilogy. It wasn't that incredible. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still excited. No K-Rod this week. K-Rod is done for a while. They're not back until, uh, 
let, let me check this. They are back on June 26th in a game that's to be determined. Probably Phillies Mets. Probably. Yeah, we'll see. Either way, we'll be tuning in. We'll be covering it. Um, hopefully, we get something special. No, 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 no. Watch. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, we don't think... really have a marquee pitching matchup either. I also don't think you can take a no-no versus these teams. I mean, just too much offensive firepower. But James, I mean, those covered that covers our topics for the week. I, it was a good episode. I, I think we got covered in good stuff. Yeah, fun episode, good stuff. Uh, let us know. Get on the Twitter, rounding third now. That's rounding three already now. Let us know your takes on our preacher reach. Were we preaching? Were we reaching? What did you like? Do you want to watch Phillies Mets for the rest of Sunday? Night? Should they just make every Sunday night game as Phillies Mets, and that's the season? I mean, that you could do that. All kinds of things to let us know. Follow the show on Spotify. We'll be coming right back after this with the Monday episode. We're going to keep this thing rolling. We are past the quarter mark in the MLB season. Sad to be going, but that still means three quarters of the season left and then the postseason. I can't wait. It only gets better. only gets better as the season progresses. Great talking to you, James. Great to be watching baseball. Uh, I'm going to go turn on some baseball right now. Let's get after it. We suggest you do too. Thanks for listening. Yes, sir.